Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of All Queued Up, your review podcast tied to streaming services like Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, what have you. You know the sorts. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. Uh, we're going to not worry about my week uh, due to the fact it was pretty uneventful. So, but we're going to talk about Maya's week because, well, it's been a rough one. Um, so, how have you how have you been the past couple of days, Maya? I'm recovering. Um, so, on episode 200, um, I introduced everybody on camera, my new kitten, Barbatos. Um, episode 225 today, uh, unfortunately, we had to put Barbatos to sleep Sunday morning. Um, last week he was having a difficult time going to the restroom and he wouldn't eat for a couple of days. So we took him to the vet on Thursday and they did an x-ray and they said he's got an obstruction in his digestive tract somewhere. And the vet's office that we took him to that was 30 minutes away said, we can't operate on him here we don't have the uh we can't perform the procedure here that needs to be done to operate to clear the obstruction so they called around to several vets and several vets were like oh yeah we'll do it but it's like three thousand plus dollars we don't have three thousand plus dollars just laying around i had a credit card with you know, about a thousand dollars available on it. <clears throat> um, they called around uh, the vet. This vet, they did the X-rays and diagnosis for free for us. They didn't bill us. They referred us to a vet in Scott County, which is two counties over, and it's almost a ninety-minute drive. Uh, and they said, yeah, we'll do it for, we'll try to keep it under a thousand, you know, be about $700 to a thousand dollars. We're like, okay. So Misty went ahead and took him over there and they gave him, uh, because he had only been drinking, but hadn't been eating. He was slightly dehydrated because he had peed a lot, but he couldn't pass, you know, he couldn't have a bowel movement. So they gave him some fluids, gave him an IV, and then they said, well, instead of doing the surgery, how about we do this? We'll give him a barium IV, which acts as a super laxative. Give him that, and then if he can't pass the obstruction naturally after the barium IV, then we will do the operation tomorrow morning. We'll keep him overnight and observe him call him back and call us back in, in the morning about 9, 9.30 and we'll let you know what his status is. They were unsure if he was going to make it through the night. They gave him the bury my V and I called the next morning and I spoke to somebody. I said, yeah, I'm calling to check on him. And they said, well, it looks like we won't have to operate. He passed the obstruction in the night. He's eating. He's being playful. He's trying to play with everybody here. I was like, oh, that sounds wonderful. They said, yeah, you can come and pick him up at 5 o'clock today. This is Friday. I was like, oh, that's great news. And we were in great moods all Friday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Misty leaves at 3.30 to make it over there to get there at 5 o'clock to pick him up. She gets home at 6.30, almost 7 o'clock, and she's in tears. And I was like, honey, what's wrong? And as soon as she set the carrier down, he starts crying out. And I was like, what the fuck did they do? And he was basically in misery. He was howling in pain. He couldn't hardly walk. He wouldn't eat. He wouldn't drink. He was leaking shit everywhere. They had actually given, given him an enema on top of the IVs that they gave him, the barium IV and the other IV for fluids that they gave him. And he was just spent. He was just in bad shape. 
So now we're freaking out, and he's just getting worse and worse. We start calling other places because this, where we live, it's a very rural area. Um, no vets' offices are open after five o'clock on Fridays until eight thirty Monday mornings. Within a two-hour radius, there's only one vet office in a two-hour radius that is open. And it's in Blountville, Tennessee. It's called the Airport uh, Emergency Clinic. And it's a flat rate visit of $109.25 just for them to see you. Um, it was 1130 at night, Friday night. We called. We told him what was going on because his breathing all of a sudden, his breathing was ragged. He could hardly breathe. And he was not that bad of shape when we took him to the vet we took him because we were worried now he's on death's fucking door 24 hours well 36 hours later <clears throat> so we're freaking out misty loads up in the car 11 30 friday night drives him to the airport vet i stay up as long as i can we had both been up since 4 a.m thursday night friday morning because we were worried about him overnight you know worried did he make it through the surgery how's he recovering this and that and then they didn't even do the surgery um so she'd been up almost 24 hours straight i stayed up for right at 24 hours until i fell asleep the last time i talked to her was three something in the morning i wake up at 6 40 that morning when she gets home and they had given him a steroid shot and he, uh, they said it would make him ravenous, and they were right. He actually ate an entire can of food by himself. Um, and, but he was still, they gave him lidocaine for his, his poor little anus um, because it was ripped all to shreds from the fucking enema. And he was fine until that wore off. Then later that night, he was getting worse and worse, and he started having seizures, and he couldn't breathe again, and it was 9 o'clock at night, and we told Madison, you know, we've made the decision, oh, there's nothing we can do, we're going to have to put him to sleep. She was ready to drive back over to the airport right then and there. She made it about 15 minutes down the road, turned around, and came back because she was just so physically exhausted because she had been up since 4 a.m. the day before. I said, you can't go right now. You need rest. I said, I don't need to lose him and you. You need yeah. rest. We'll see how he is through the night, and we'll make the decision in the morning. And he was happy as hell to be home. I mean... When we thought we were putting him down that night, I just sat there, and he curled right, right up next to me and just laid there and let me pet him for like a solid half an hour before I just couldn't take it anymore. I was ugly crying my ass off. I was sitting there telling him everything, you know, how much he meant to us and how much happiness he had brought into our lives and apologizing to him and everything. and. She is just too physically tired to make it that night. And I was like, all right, we'll try to give him his, he, they gave him medicines and he couldn't swallow his medicine. Yeah. He couldn't swallow anymore. And I was like, we got to fight through this. Come on. The next morning it was just even worse. And the vet in Gate City who did these procedures on him to begin with called us at 830 Sunday morning to check on him. And we told them how horribly off he was and how much he had deteriorated since they left. he left their care. And they said, well, it sounds like there's nothing we can do, but meet us and we'll put him to sleep. So another gut-wrenching, heartbreaking, tearful goodbye that morning. And three hours later, Misty called. It was done. They let her go back when um, they put him to sleep. 
she got to be with him and pet him the entire time. And they put him in a little box and uh, she said, I have to bury him and I don't know where I can bury him because we live in an apartment. We don't own this place. We can't bury him here. Yeah. So I called her sister, Sheena, and I said, I have a, I have a favor I need to ask. I said, we had to put Barbara Toast to sleep this morning. We have to bury him somewhere. We don't have anywhere to do it. Is there any way we could bury him on your guys' property? And she said, of course. So I called Misty because she was only about 30 minutes away or so from her sister's house at that point. Yeah. So she made the drive over there and stayed for a few hours, and they buried him uh, under a tree next to uh, their two cats that they had lost. And he's in a nice little spot, and I'll be able to visit him. And that's really fucking. That's yeah, it's, 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 it's really fucking missing. I understand. No, it's it's never easy. It's uh, you know I. I've been there a couple times. Um, it sucks every fucking time. You never, you never truly. I don't. I don't, don't want to say get over it. You never. You never truly done missing them. Um. Yeah, it's 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 not easy, and and you guys did everything you possibly could. You made his life as comfortable as it could be, um, and it just you know. What angers me. Uh, he was my emotional support. He was... That's the reason I got him. I needed an emotional support animal. And I'm broken. I'm devastated. Mm-hmm. And uh, this fucking vet, the airport, when they took the x-rays Friday night, Saturday morning, they said, his lungs are encased in fluid. They said... Yeah. When we looked at his x-rays Thursday, we looked at the x-rays from Thursday, there was no fluid around his lungs. Whatever they did at Gate City caused his chest cavity to fill up with fluid and encased his lungs. It wasn't in his lungs like pneumonia. It was surrounding his lungs, which was causing him great difficulty to breathe. So I'm filing... And this vet in Gate City charged me almost $1,000 for the visit on Thursday, the IVs that they gave him, and then to put him to sleep. And we're still going to have to pay out of pocket. I maxed out that credit card, and they still want us to pay out of pocket and set up payments for the next two months. I'm like, no, honey, I'm not paying that. And she's like, they did everything they could. I said, they fucking killed him. Mm-hmm. They fucking killed him because whatever they did, they were supposed to do a surgery to get a blockage out. That's what they were supposed to fucking do, and they didn't do that. And then it flooded his fucking chest cavity because they gave him too many fluids. His little body couldn't take it. He already had feline leukemia. He had, you know, he was going to have a rough go of it, and it was going to be harder for him to recover. And I don't think they took that into account. But regardless, I'm filing a complaint about his care and filing for malpractice with the state medical board, uh, the veterinarian medical board, and go from there. And they take these things seriously, especially when it comes to emotional support animals, I found out. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put a stop payment, you know, fraud dispute that fraud charge or the credit card charge is fraud if for services not rendered, services promised but not delivered, if uh, they find that they were at fault. But, yeah. Oh. That's been... Since Friday. It's been it's been emotional well, and exhausting since Friday. Well, since Thursday. Thursday, sorry. Yes. Thursday through Sunday was just brutal. And then the aftermath of dealing with him being gone since Sunday has been brutal. I mean, yeah, it's not been as bad as seeing him suffering and 
wishing there was anything that you could do. But there were good things that happened this week. Yeah. But, you know, that's overshadows everything else. Absolutely. And it's just been so fucking hard on, on us. And I just, everywhere I look, I'm like, he, sh- he would be right there. Like right now, I would I would look over and he'd just be sitting in the floor looking up at me, wondering what I'm doing, and then wanting to play with my fucking headset cable. <laughs> and I'd be like, "Get out of here! Quit! Quit!" <laughs> um, something for me. Uh, I told you about my my old cat counterfeit, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things that he would do ever since he was like little was uh, if I'd go into the kitchen and open up a uh, a piece of pl- anything that was in plastic, he'd run up against my leg in the cabinet, start meowing at me, wanting a piece of it, especially like cheese. And uh, why, why is it that cats love cheese so much? I don't know. Salty, milky, creamy. I can think of, but yeah. I should but, describe uh, cheese, not jizz. Gross, ma'am. Gross. Um. But yeah, when he when when we had to put him down, uh, it took me a long time to get over the fact that he wasn't at my feet yelling for cheese. Like every time I'd open a package, I was like, "Oh, that's right." Yeah. So, but I, I'm I'm really sorry, Maya. That that is, it's 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 never good for anybody to to deal with. It's like every time I hear about somebody having to let go of an animal for whatever reason. It's always heartbreaking. No matter how long you've had the pet, you know, whether it was a lifetime or, you know, short time. We got him the day he turned eight weeks old. We had him for six months and two days to the day. Yeah. And he was such a mischievous, entertaining ball of just happiness he would he would just flop over grab one foot in his mouth and start chewing on it and then using the other foot to bunny kick himself in the face as he was doing it and rolling around in a ball while doing so was fucking hilarious (laughs) we had no idea why he would do that but he would do that (laughs) but I miss him terribly. Yeah, I don't doubt it. And, and you know, if, I, if I'm being honest, because I, I don't, you know, like to lie to my friends, you're going to for a while. Oh, I know. I know. On a on a side note uh, for our audience, um, his name was uh, from a anime that my has been getting trying to get me to watch for a long time. Um called uh because i have never been into gundam stories i've I've, i know gundams i know that it's an anime franchise but i've never really watched any of it and a lot of that has to do with like big mech stories just never really grabbed me but i've also never given them a fair shake so there's that too um with that being said uh iron-blooded orphans which is on netflix you've been trying to get me to watch that show for what five years now uh about about Three or four, at least. At least, yeah. And uh, so he were like, you were like, in his memory. And I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. So I watched the first episode, and we're gonna, you know, oh, the first, I watched the first two. Sorry. Yeah, he's named after the main uh, mobile suit from that show. Um. I thought it was and, cool that when when they hook him up to it, he's uh, he gets like kind of sort of knocked out. His nose starts to bleed. And yeah, because it's the, so much information for his brain to process that his body can't handle it. That yeah. Alea Vignana system, it's wild. Because, I mean, there's a lot of things in there that they talk about that you kind of have to pay attention to. Like when they talk about the Alea Vignana and how it uh, 
connecting to it, it increases like spatial awareness and reflex time and things like that. So yeah, yeah it's, it's wild stuff. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to finish it. I'm, I'm trying to watch, like, I want to at least watch an episode a day more if I can. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're like 25 minutes each and there's yeah. 50 episodes. So, you know, you could knock it out in a, in a couple of weeks, depending on how many you've got to watch a day. Yeah. You know, a month. If you watch two a day, you could knock it out in less than a month. But to but, be honest, uh, I'd, I'd have watched more if, um, you know, because like right now, my other close friend, Andy, um, who we play D&D with and other games and whatnot, he uh, he got back from uh, vacation with his family and it was at Disneyland. And he came back with COVID. So he's been just sitting on his couch doing nothing. And so I've been playing a lot of video games with him this week. Yeah. And one thing about uh, IBO, for short, for Iron Blood Orphans, uh, it's very character-driven. But when there is action, the action scenes are awesome. So Yeah, I was going to say, the, the final, like, the last part of the second episode was dope as fuck to watch. Yeah. Like, he jumps up in the air and goes to slam down that spear on the guy. And I was like, whoa! That was rad. Yeah, yeah. So it's there's a lot of cool shit. So I'm yeah. hoping I'm hoping as, as you progress that you start to really enjoy it a lot. Well, it's clearly like one of your favorites. So, oh yeah, if not favorite anime, but this but this probably begs, is. This begs the question: Have you watched Cowboy Bebop yet? No, but as since you're doing that, I'm going to. There you go. It's only fair. Uh, <laughs> And well, I enjoy, a, I end up enjoying the live action version of it. So yeah, I think you really like that. Uh, I do have a question that in in anime terms, just because I saw it recently here. Um, have you ever watched Death Note? I never have. I didn't okay. even know it was a thing until a couple of years ago when they did the live action version on Netflix that people were complaining about. Uh, I don't know that you'll need to, but apparently the newest Treehouse of Horror has a. Uh, Death Note inspired parody that is actually animated by the studio that did Death Note. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, so I need to. I apparently, I think it's on Disney Plus right now. Um, let me double check. It probably is. I just know I saw an ad for it. So, um, oh, Jesus Christ, the app for Disney Plus is terrible. Oh. It abs- it absolutely is. Sampsons. I, I typed in Sampsons, but that's okay. <laughs> Close enough. Speaking of Disney Plus, did you see that every episode of uh, Doctor Who will be on Disney Plus by next year? I did, which makes me happy because we were watching Doctor Who last week to get caught up because we needed to watch the uh, last season and three specials to get caught up. And we were in the process of watching, rewatching all of her seasons, uh, Jodie Whittaker's seasons. But then everything happened with Barbatos, and it just kind of threw a wrench into that plan. So yeah, but uh, still want to get caught up and everything because I do love Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, I know I need to watch. Now we've seen two complete seasons of her three, um, but. Tenet's okay, my favorite. Capaldi's my number two. Sorry. Trials of Horror this year will be aired on the 30th, which is before the Sunday. Recording. Yeah, Sunday. So maybe we should just add that one Trials of Horror. I don't know. We got, well, we, we, yeah, maybe. Well, no, because we have, we'll just have Endor and Tales, Tales of the, of the Jedi. Jedi. So maybe we can. Which is only, what, six episodes? Yeah, six shorts. Mm. Well, well, speaking of reviews, uh, we got uh, the finale of House of the Dragon and uh, episode seven, eight, eight of eight Andor. Of Andor. So, why don't we go ahead and jump into that? We'll start with uh, the finale of House of the Dragon. Yeah, Since episode it 10. Uh, it was titled The Black Queen. Um, on Dragonstone, Princess Renice arrives and announces King Viserys' death and that Prince Aegon has usurped the throne. 
shops, Rhaenyra goes into premature labor and suffers a stillbirth. And boy, howdy, was that fucking ever visceral. No, I think I made the joke to my dad. I was like, oh, they dropped the half solidified jello. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's gross, right? Like, well, I mean, it's gross. I mean, they went <laughs> so far as, you know, this premature stillborn baby didn't even have this skull fully formed, and you could see its soft little brain as she reaches down with her bloody hands and rips it out of her vaginal kind of vagina. And, whew, yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. Anyway, Damon, believing Viserys was murdered, urges war. Sir Eric arrives and brings uh, Viserys' crown, and Rhaenyra is declared queen among uh, on Dragonstone. Sir Otto arrives to present Aegon's terms for Rhaenyra's queer, uh, concession. She prevents Daemon from killing Otto and delays answering. Privately, Daemon is angered that Rhaenyra may concede to unify the realm against the threat foretold by Aegon the Conqueror's dream. Rhaenys persuades Lord Corlys to pledge House Valerian's allegiance to Rhaenyra's black faction. Damon plans to recruit more dragon riders and awakens the large dragon Vermithor. Prince Jaceris and Lucerus act as envoys to secure House Aaron, Stark, and Baratheon as allies. Lucerus flies to Storm's End to meet with Lord Boros Baratheon, who refuses to support Rhaenyra, claiming she's offered nothing in return. Prince Aemond has arrived, and he is offered an alliance by Aemond marrying Boros's daughter. Aemon demands an eye from Lucerus' retribution for the loss of his own, rips the eye patch off, and there's that awesome sapphire in his eye hole. Lucerus denies uh, and leaves on his dragon Arax, but Aemon pursues him on Vagar. The fractious dragons defy their riders. Arax burns Vagar, and then Vagar just chomp, chomp, motherfucker. Kills Lucerus and Arax, stunning Aemon. Uh, Damon informs Rhaenyra of Lucerus's death, and as she turns to the fucking camera to get this, just like she's ready to go to war, fucking look to the camera, it goes to fucking credits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When um, he was flying off, I was like, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> like, he kept screaming, obey me, obey me. And Dragon was like, no. I don't know if you saw what that little twerp just fucking did, but absolutely not. And just, oh my god, it was rad. I think, I think I looked at my dad and I was like, this is going to end very poorly. The second that you could see... What was the name of his dragon? The big guy? Oh, Vagar. Vagar. The second you see Vagar in the, like, when... uh, It's it's Jace, right? No, it was Luke. Lucerus. Lucerus. Um, that's right, because they, they kept saying Jake was supposed to be the successor to... Renera. Yeah. So anyway. And um, and Luke was gonna be the heir to Dragonstone. Or no, uh Driftmark. Driftmark where yes. Lord Corliss is. That's right, yes. So uh when you see when he when when Luke gets there at I'm Storm's End. Uh as yeah, you see you see the silhouette of him in the distance. I was like, Oh, that's ominous as fuck. Like I knew something was gonna happen, but like the way the way they showed it, I was like, This is amazing. Yeah, and Vagar, you know, when when uh, Aemon fucking took him over uh, at Driftmark, uh, he's like, I now control the largest dragon in the world. You know? So, it's been established that Vagar is huge. Yeah. But I didn't realize that Herax was so little comparatively. Yeah, I think they mentioned at some point in the series that not all dragons are the same size and that some are significantly smaller than others. And they definitely show that in this episode. Yeah, yeah. It was basically like semi-truck versus a bicycle. Yeah. It was significant. Um, but, uh, But it was, I mean, the whole episode was awesome because... If you remember the last episode, we only got the Hightower point from, of view. Well, not even just Hightower, but we, it was everything that happened was in King's Landing. Period. Yeah. And so everything in this mark happened is that does drift mark, right? No, this happened at Dragonstone. Dragonstone. And, that's and right. then the ending at Storm's End. At Storm's End, yeah. So, 
but it was all like you could see you saw both sides of the scale in in the last two episodes and people were apparently really disappointed with the last two episodes because it was like we wanted to see a war and it's like you have this to make build up you have to make shit feel earned yeah you can't just do things and expect it to be fine like when you do that that's how you get the ending of game of thrones yeah but people are impatient and then don't really know what they want. So, yeah. but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, absolutely. I, the second that, cause I was like, it's called the black queen. We know just by context clues that Renera becomes the black queen. But the second that Damon tells her that Luke is dead, like you see her body language shift and she turns around and I said out loud, I went say hello to the black queen dad. And he was like, that's where the titles episode comes from. Uh, yeah. We just got to see it slowly happen. Yeah. So. Wow. Uh, well fucking done first fucking season. Yeah. Um, completely agree. I mean, and it spans almost 20 fucking years uh, because she's telling Luke when he's getting ready to fly off to Storm's End, she said, I was your age when I was named heir. I was only 14 years old. You know, so in that first episode of the series, she's 14. Now she's in her early 30s because her oldest son is almost, he, he's got to be about 18. Yeah. Uh, and Luke was 14, and then this, uh, 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 Joffrey, the third one, is like 10, and then she's got the fucking twins with Damon that are at least four years old, maybe five at this point. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, like, I... I... That's one of my favorite things about this entire season was that they told this story in a very unique way where we got essentially snapshots in time to tell us what was happening politically. Yeah. Um, Because if you think about it, like the time jumps were like each episode was a short, very tiny period of time in this, you know, longer time span. Yeah. uh, I think from episode... uh... Episode five to episode six was like the 10 year time jump. And I think from episode seven to eight was six years later. Uh, but episode uh, two was six months after episode one. Episode three was three years after episode two. So, yeah, we've got 19 and a half, 20 fucking years of storytelling essentially in 10 episodes. Yeah, I I can't wait for next season. Next season's gonna be all at war. Do you think we're having another little time jump by next season? I don't think it'll be much of one. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, I don't think it'll be much of one. But yeah, let me. Uh, when are they going to begin filming season two? Second season is set to begin filming in Spain in early 2023. They wrapped production in February of 2022 for season one. And we got those episodes throughout uh, August, September, and October. So, uh, yeah, we're looking at a year and a half before we get the next season easy. Um, yeah, which I'm fine with, you know, like, I think I've said this before, because, you know, there's, there's certain animes that Andy and I will watch that'll take like two, two and a half years to make the next season. And it's like, we'd rather them take their time and make an excellent show, something that's gorgeous and makes us want to watch it again, than rush something and we get like a half fucking finished product by the end of it. Uh huh. So I'm a thousand percent okay with how they're like taking their time but 
Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of other things about the season that I want to point out. I mean, there was nothing, nothing that we haven't mentioned yet. So, so why don't we go ahead and give a grade and move on to Andor? I give this episode an A fucking plus. I give the season an A fucking plus. Uh, just well fucking done, top to fucking bottom. Uh, this is, you know. It's this world that has been created. I know the ending the last season or two of Game of Thrones didn't make a lot of people happy. Uh, but the first, what, six seasons everybody was enthralled with? Mm-hmm. I imagine this is how people felt during those first six seasons. And in anticipation yeah. leading up to the seventh season. Um, I think that's my argument for why this show is good. Where everyone, like, not everyone, a lot of people are bitching, but most people, most people are really enjoying it, and that's because, as I think, I have pointed out to you and others, this is exactly how it felt watching that first season of Game of Thrones, where you're just, you know, you have to wait week to week, but you get this incredible story with it. It's very satisfying payoff. Regard, uh, granted, it is a tragedy, but that's how tragedies go. And in terms of like proper storytelling and fluidness, it feels much like when Ned got his head taken off. Yeah, like, this fucking sucks, but it's gonna lead to something awesome. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your, <laughs> your no, review there, but yeah. you're fine. You're fine. Uh, no, I was just. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what more to say about it. It's just well fucking done. Give me more, but give it to me in a proper time, you know, that's needed to tell the proper story. Don't rush it for the sake of getting it out there just because fucking numbers. Yeah. Well, I'm here. They're coming for Greg. Oh, you can hear that? Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree and, and mirror everything you said. I, I, I want more. Um, and thoroughly impressed with the quality of the show, the, the consistency of storytelling, the um, acting's been fucking through the roof. Like, the, the both actresses that play Renera mm-hmm. are fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Like, if you can adjust your entire fucking body to tell me what a character is thinking, beautiful. Well done. Like, kudos. And she does... Both actresses just do an incredible job. The woman who plays... Um, she was Viserys' queen. What the fuck's her name? Alicent. Alicent. Uh, her too. Fucking incredible. Um, the guy who plays Otto Hightower. Just, That's uh, Reese Ephens. Yeah, he's awesome. The guy who played Viserys, awesome. Like, everybody. Everybody in the show. Just incredible. No no complaints. 10 out of 10. A plus. Hell yeah. So. Alright, well, why don't we go ahead and move on to uh, Andor. Uh, episode 8. Yeah, this is titled Martina 5. Uh, basically, it picks up... Now, Wikipedia doesn't have a an episode rundown. So I'm looking one at one uh, through uh, Vulture.com um, just to get the highlights. Uh, but it, basically, you see it's a very... Uh, very focused telling of skipping back and forth between the two main storylines of the show. Uh, we see Cassian. Uh, he has been uh, convicted of essentially loitering, you know, and sentenced to six years for fucking loitering of well, all I, things. Was it loitering? Cause I thought they thought he was part of that group that they were chasing down. They, they thought he was part of the group, but 
they didn't specify what it was. He he kept trying to say, I'm a tourist, I'm a tourist. And when he was walking on his way to the market in that last episode and looking around, that trooper was like, what are you looking at? What are you looking yeah. at? He's like, no, I was just looking. Is it a crime to look? He's like, I don't like your tone or something along those lines. Just base, basically being a fucking cop, mm-hmm. you know, because all cops are bastards, even in the Empire. Um, it's almost like that was the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we see him get transported to a uh, a prison of sorts, which it turns out it's a factory. And on the transport ship, they make them kick off all their shoes and they transport them in bare feet. And it turns out the reason why is because the floors are electrified. They don't give them any uh, fucking shoes to wear. It is unreal to see that in Star Wars. Nine times out of ten, when we get a prison, it's... You know, there's a whole, like, door on it with just some bars or something. Or, like, we get force-filled walls. That is an incredible fucking idea for Star Wars prison. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you're free to come out of your fucking bunk if you want but oh the floors are electrified and it'll it fucking kill you <laughs> but yeah also nice surprise use of Andy Circus uh in the episode Andy Circus uh, is awesome the fact he's got two roles now in Star Wars is fucking great yeah yeah uh he was uh the uh I can't remember his name so he was no, I'm not talking about Snoke. I mean that he was the foreman over the cell block. He's also a prisoner oh. himself, but he's the foreman over the cell block that Cassian's been assigned to. Sorry, I thought you were trying to say who he played before he played this character. No. Mobby. Uh We also see that Cyril Korn has been logging fake... Uh, information request to the ISB or in, in, incident reports just trying to get Cassian's name to pop up in the system. system. Yeah. And it caught uh, Daedra, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, I can't remember her last name. But it caught her attention, the female yeah. uh, officer I'm wanting to say Miro. Yeah, Daedra Miro. The like interior. Our, our, our ISB uh, main character. Yeah, yeah. She pulls Cyril in for uh, questioning. And, you know, she's like, why are you doing this? He's like, I'm trying to clear my name. He's like, what do you mean clear your name? He said, well, you know, there, this guy's out there. He's a murderer. And basically everything he was saying didn't match up with any reports that she had read. And she learns that he just signed the reports. He never was allowed to read them. So she let him read the reports. Uh, basically, she has come to the conclusion that there's a rebel uprising and there are coordinated strikes and she wants to root out who these people are and she thinks that there's a pivotal figure that she is dubbed Axis and she she says this Axis person was with Andor on uh, was it Ferrix? Is that the name of his planet that he was on? Yes. He I said want it- to say Ferrix. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but little do they know, Cassian's in prison under a different name, toiling away in factory work, uh, where productivity is encouraged and evaluation is constant, and they are basically split up into teams. These prisoners are into uh, multiple man teams for their labor usage and construction of whatever these components are that they're constructing uh, for something larger, of course. I just yeah, don't I know what it is. I could not figure out what the fuck those were. Uh, but yeah, 
Um, we do know that this episode spans the approximately one month because they do say these shifts are 12 hour shifts and you see Cassian in his cell 30 shifts later, it says on the screen. So 30 days yeah. past. Uh, I was like, they could have said a month, but I like how they did that. Yeah. yeah. They didn't even say days. They just said 30 shifts. You know, we get a little bit of Mon Mothma on Coruscant. We get a little bit of uh, Luthien. L- Luthien. 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 And we see him actually meet up with Saw Gerrera, which, which was cool. Fucking rad. Saw, Saw has got to be one of my favorite fucking characters from Star Wars in recent time because he is, without a doubt, one of the coolest characters in Clone Wars. He's one of the coolest characters in, um, uh, what do you call that fucking, uh, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And then he like, has a rad fucking appearance in... Uh, uh, what's the name of the fucking game that came out? Um, Fallen Order. Fallen Jedi? Fallen. Fallen Order? Is it Fallen Order? It's the one with the guy. Was that, he that... in Fallen Order? Hold on. Let me fucking. Is that the name of the game? Am I thinking of the right game? Well, the, the one. You could play Cal uh, Kestis. Yeah, Cal Kestis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he shows up when you're on Kashyyyk helping the Wookiees. And you're driving a fucking ATAT that you've taken over. He fucking grapple hooks into That's onto right. the windshield. That's right. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Rad, rad fucking appearance. So I just love Saw. I love Saw. So seeing him in the episode talking to arguably one of the coolest uh characters in this show so far, I was like <laughs> I was all about it. It made Greg very happy. But yeah, it's basically you see Lucy meeting with Saw and he's trying to uh, each of them's trying to get the other one to confess to the uh, Aldani payroll job and both of them are denying it vehemently uh, which I thought was funny. But basically uh, Lucy says he's got some equipment. He wants he'll he'll give it to uh, Saw in exchange for Saul meeting and working with uh, another rebel agent. And Saul's like, no. He says, I'm the only one that has the right vision of what this needs to be. I'm not working with sectorists and separatists and anti-this and pro-that. Pro you know, he's like, right. I'm the rebel. I'm the rebellion. It's essentially what he comes across as saying. Yep. He thinks his way is the only way. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I fucking. That's the thing about this show that's so cool to me is that it is probably the least action-packed Star Wars anything we've ever gotten. And it's arguably one of the best things we've ever gotten. Like. This show is so well fucking structured, like. We saw the titular character in a prison factory, a factory prison, whatever the fuck you want to call it, the entire episode. Barely anything that happened with Andor was the most interesting part of the episode. The, the best thing from the episode was uh, everything else. Um, the character that was from uh, that's that's working with the ISB, I can't think of his fucking name. He's Cyril Karn. Cyril. He is easily one of my favorite characters, mm-hmm. but only in the context of like his story is so fucking fascinating to me. Like fallen from grace, dealing with the Empire now. Like I his like if we don't get some of him in every episode, I'm a little disappointed. We have, so you know, I haven't been disappointed, but like that's kind of how I feel about him. He's so like he he to me is the Durin of this show. For completely but different reasons. Though, for completely course. different, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for completely different reasons. So I just, like, A plus of this show. I'm just going to throw it out there. This episode specifically, like, I fucking love it so much. I, I would I would give this episode an A. It's very, very strong. However, you know, I do... Uh, I did miss a couple of little bits of important things here and there, and I'm going to have to rewatch it because 
as I stated to you last night, I was just so emotionally exhausted. I fell asleep at about 9.30 at night, and I woke up at like 2.45 this morning. Mm-hmm. And then when I spoke to you at 11, or no, it was about 10, uh, I was like, hey, I still need to watch Andor. You're like, I do too. And then we'll record. And I was like, it sounds good. And then the episode was an hour long. And then I was laying there watching the episode. And I felt myself like getting very heavy eyed and wanting to nod off. So I wasn't focused as much as I normally would be. So I'm going to have to rewatch it. But I thought it was very good. Uh, but yeah, then I was like, I need a nap before we can record. Is that cool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I think, I think what, like, so I think I told you that this shows the least watched Star Wars thing that they've come out with, right? Yeah. I, I think the reason is, is that this show is less Star Wars than other Star Wars properties. Yeah. Like, when yeah. you watch, when you watch any of the movies, like, so, okay, there's a conversation I've had with my brother countless times. And the movies have a specific feel to them. Mm-hmm. And the only two that have really, in my opinion, deviated from this greatly was Rogue, Rogue One, One and, and now Andrew. Second. Prior to that, they've all been relatively similar. I yeah. mean, like... I fucking love Mandalorian and really, really enjoyed Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. Like the way that the Boba Fett story is told, I thought was really cool in the context that, um, you know, we get the two different perspectives until the last three episodes or something like that. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a fun concept, but it's the same sort of vibe. You know, you get, So my brother likes to use the term swashbuckly. That Star Wars needs to be more swashbuckly for him to enjoy it. What bothers me so much about that concept, and I think a lot of people take that same kind of idea, but maybe a different, I don't know, motif into it. Like, Star Wars has to feel a certain way. Here's why I disagree. Star Wars is a huge, huge universe and franchise. Yeah. To sit there and say that Star Wars has to abide or or fit into this nice little bubble for you is the weirdest shit to me. It's like taking chicken and saying that the only viable way to eat chicken is to fry it. Are you high on something other than weed? Can I have some? Because that's that's bizarre. It's 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 pigeonholing an entire massive wonderful franchise in this tiny fucking thing. And I hate that. I hate that. And, and to me, Rogue One in Andor show that you don't have to do that. Um, there are some properties in Star Wars that try to deviate from that. Like take Bad Batch, for example. It tries to go a direction, but it still comes back to that swashbuckly vibe. Andor goes, it's not really swashbuckly. It's way more political. It's way more in terms of what you kind of want to see with maybe like a, a prison story or like, um, uh, like, yeah, we're still dealing with the rebels. But what I love about Andor is he doesn't want to be a rebel. He wants to be anonymous so that way he can just do his own thing. Mm-hmm. But he needs the money. You know, like there's a lot of like, I don't know. Am I making any sense? I know I'm rambling, but. No, no, you are. You are. I get what you're, I get where you're coming from. Like I yeah, want people to watch the show because it's different, because it's not like any Star Wars you see. And I want more Star Wars that kind of goes away from typical Star Wars. One of my favorite comics I ever read is called Marvels. Just called Marvels. And it's the story of a photographer. By the way, the whole thing's... Or the cover art for the Marvels is drawn by Alex Ross. The actual comic itself, I believe, is drawn by somebody else. I could be wrong. It could still be Alex Ross, but it's fucking gorgeous. 
But the entire idea of the comics of the Marvel comic is that Marvel's comic is that it's from the perspective of a guy who was a photographer for newspapers back when like the first comics were coming out for Marvel, but he lives within the world. So he's got to experience every single event that's happened in the Marvel universe as it's happened. And if you haven't read it, it's so good because it's not a superhero story, but exists within the superhero context. Mm -hmm. I would love a comic book that is about the company that issues insurance for superhero uh, damage. I love that because it would be, it'd be different. It'd be rad. It'd be like, they, they tried to do that with a sitcom it failed miserably, but that's besides that was is, is in DC too, so that might have been the problem. I don't know, but like, give me that, give me that story in, uh, give me that story in in um, Marvel or DC for that matter of just the average Joe living in New York or living in Metropolis. Like, that would be fun. We always center on the main characters, and that's great, and I love that, and don't get me wrong. But, like, why can't we have the story of a guy, an average guy, who isn't a militaristic guy, but somehow gets wrapped up in this war between the Empire and Rebels? Or fuck it, First Order and the Resistance. Or fuck it, the... uh, um, what are the two from the first movie? The, the Old Republic and the Separatists? There you go. I mean, we were going to have a fucking video game uh, uh, about, like, the, the seedy lower... 1313. 1313. God damn it. I'm so mad that never came to fruition. Yep. I'm fucking so angry about that. Like, there's a show that we watch, that I watch right now from Star Trek, called Lower Decks. What I love about the show, besides it being funny and referencing things within Star Wars that are or Star Trek that are real deep fucking lore, what I love about the show is it's about the lower deck on a fucking Federation ship. It's not about all the characters that get to be inside the fucking uh, the 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 Enterprise, the, the bridge. bridge, the bridge. It's it's about the characters that don't. Why don't we get more of that stuff? God. Just don't. I don't get why we can't have more of that. It's so much fun. It's just fun. I've been asked like, where would you go if you could travel back in time? Well, I'd pick a time period where a major historical event happened, and then go to a random pub. Like, that would be way more fascinating to me than going like. I want to sit in on the conversation between the accesses, you know, the access and allies or whatever. Like, I like just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the smaller picture in a large event is, it can be fascinating. It can be so much fun, especially if you already know that. Like, I'm not saying that this is like, well, like I don't want to know the little guy before the big thing. I want to know the big thing. And then the secondary story is that little guy. That's what I want. So. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm just I'm rambling at this point because I hate when people get mad that we get that stuff. I hate when I hear, like, why should I care about this character? He had such an insignificant role within the the main story. And I'm like, why not, though? Why, why not enjoy that? Why not have that? Insignificant so. role, my ass. It was a huge role that he had. That led to your main story. His actions directly contributed. Yes. But, and and this is the important part about Andor. Had you known his story or not, it wouldn't have changed the outcome. Nope. But at the same time, his story isn't uninteresting. Exactly. So... I just want more. I want more of this kind of stuff. I'm really enjoying this. It's great. It's fun. We don't need. We don't need. Uh, you know, more big set pieces. We don't need more big. Like more big. We don't need more of these large, uh, scale stories. We can have these more 
centered and 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 you know smaller impacted situations and it's fun it's just fun so yeah sorry sorry about my rant i just i fucking thoroughly enjoy andor a lot i'm really happy that we have it i'm 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 glad that it exists because it's some of the best star wars i've seen in a fucking hot minute like and the people that get like really weird about their star wars can suck my whole butt just put their lips right on my butthole and take a big old suck. Well, I was going to say it's almost dinner time, but fuck. That could be their dinner. Bah. Um, That's gross. That was probably the nastiest thing I said in a minute. Anyway, well, why don't we go ahead and wrap it up? Um, I know that you want to get to dinner, and I got to go make my dinner, so we'll just... Yeah, we should... yeah. We've been recording for an hour. So, um, so yeah, next week, everybody... Um, episode out of Andor. Mine says, "I think that's gonna do it for this." Us, I had a stroke. I think that's gonna do it for us this week, folks. That's what it says right here. That's what I'm supposed to say on my notes before I read what we're gonna do next week. So I had to get that out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, episode nine of Andor, uh, Tales of the Jedi, which is just six episodes on Disney Plus, and then also on Disney Plus, Treehouse of Horror, thirty three. 30 fucking three, which is usually two spoofs on horror stories. So it's like Treehouse. I could just, I could just watch Treehouse of Horror and be happy. I don't have to watch any more Simpsons. <laughs> but uh, the yeah. last time I watched anything Simpsons was the 300th episode, like 16 or 17 years ago, whenever that happened. It's been a while. The Maybe problem with longer. The problem with Simpsons is it has ebbs and flows of, of good. Um, and it hasn't been good in a minute, so, but I know that this episode of Trails of Horror has a, uh, Death Note parody in it, so I want to check that out, but, um, but yeah, that's it. That's just those three things. It's going to be, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty easy content to, uh, to watch. I know that next month we're going to be reviewing an entire series on Netflix, from the writers that did dark. If you remember us reviewing dark, it was, uh, it still is to this time of, of recording. This, this show is, is like one of my and I's favorite fucking shows that ever existed on the platform. So and hands down, it's one of the best shows. It's definitely top five. Um, yeah. in fact, when people say, tell me something to watch on Netflix, I may not have heard of, and that's my go-to. Mm-hmm. I've, I've said that to a few people as well. I'm like, have you watched Dark? I haven't even heard of it. Well, I'll get to it. So, um, but yeah, uh, so on that note, uh, make sure to follow us on the socials listed down below. If we do add anything, I doubt we will. It'll be there. Um, uh, yeah, that, like again, those are all listed down below. Uh, check out the Teespring store. Um, if you're looking for some uh, some winter gear, because fall's around, it's getting chilly outside. You know, we're all wearing sweatpants and sweatshirts. Well, they have sweatshirts on the uh, the Teespring store, so you can get our faces printed on uh, printed on something. If you do buy something, let us know. We'll we'll uh, give you a big old shout out on the show and and uh, re, you know repost your picture and give you a big old thank you. Um, let's see what else I got here. If you want to watch today's live video of the podcast, you can check that out on the YouTube channel. Um, I really, really need to start download or uh, recording personal reviews for shit that we didn't do for the show, but uh, yeah, I'm gotten around it. Um, I don't know when, but you'll know on our social medias, our personals, which we'll get to in a minute and the, the main, uh, all queued up social medias. But when we do get around to, re- to doing another Jackbox stream, we'll let you know, it'll probably be next Wednesday, but we'll see how everyone's feeling. We'll go from there, but definitely, you know, keep an eye on that because we'll let you know when we do the Jack because we really haven't had a chance to play Jackbox 9 yet. Um, last week was was very rough, so, you know, we didn't we didn't really stream it. Um, but yeah, that's that. Uh, but if you when we do, the link will be there as well. But go ahead and follow me on Twitch, which is just Chub Rock Geek on Twitch um, and, and uh, come join us live. And all you need, if you've never played Jackbox before, all you need is your phone and a place to watch the stream. That's it. It's very simple. 
Uh, well, that's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It is a public profile. It's also linked to my Twitter and Instagram accounts. So it's your one-stop shop for everything that I'm up to. What about you, Greg? Where can people uh, you find can f- you? You can follow me on all socials under Chub Rock Geek. Uh, I am going to try my damnedest to download the Twitch clips and put them on my Instagram and my TikTok. Um, not Twitch clips, I'm sorry. My Twitter clips, because what ends up happening is that I record... I record... Um, small moments from when we play video games on PlayStation. And I, cause it's the only service that like records our voice at the same time. I don't know why Xbox doesn't do it. It drives me fucking nuts, but, um, but yeah, um, there's a lot of funny clips. I just, I just uploaded three today of my buddy and I playing uh, little hope, which is part of the uh, anthology series on, or with um, the, the dark anthology series. So, it's a horror game, so it's a lot of there's a couple like, I get I get jump scared. It's pretty funny. I watched three clips this evening and just hearing you and Andy scream was just hilarious. It's pretty fucking funny. So I'll try to put those on my uh, Instagram and my TikTok as well, but all of those places are in Drub Rocky. Um but yeah, uh that's it. That's it and that's all. Um like I said, uh, Tales of the Jedi. Andor episode nine and Treehouse of Horror thirty three, and uh, always remember. Thank you guys for listening. I we really appreciate it. We appreciate you being here. It's been we just did our fifth anniversary, but it doesn't feel like it's been five years. So, still really really loving doing the show. Uh, fuck the GOP. Fuck the NRA. Donate and help where you can. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.